guess. You're too busy to watch this ad. Uh, just like you were too busy to invest in Bitcoin or Ethereum. Oh, who's a Gucci boo-boo? Who's a Gucci boo-boo? You're a Gucci boo-boo. You think trading crypto is hard? How hard is it to open eToro, pick a coin, and hit trade? Now, maybe you're thinking, but I'm just a food blogger. I can't do this trading stuff on my own. Well, I got news for you, pal. With eToro's social trading, you don't have to. This is called a news feed. It's like your social... Welcome back to another Crypto Daily 3 at 3. Uh, obviously, a little bit of a late edition today, uh, but I, I wanted to... Um, jump in. So it's Tuesday, uh, the 29th of October, uh, as Alec Baldwin in the eToro ad plays behind me. And um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the idea of mass adoption today. And the reason for this is that, um, you know, last week, I think, was kind of seminal, right? We had this huge uh, moment with Congress uh, and, and Libra, quickly followed by China making major moves into the crypto space. Uh, followed by a screaming Bitcoin price rip up, followed by a lot of um, attention returning to the space. I don't know if you guys have been seeing the same thing, but I'm getting, I'm seeing announcements of announcements. I'm getting uh, random DMs about airdrops and things like that. And so, you know, I, at the risk of uh, overstating the case, uh, you know, Bitcoin could go back to 7,000 tomorrow and no one would care anymore. But it feels to me like there's a little bit of a shift. And um, I think that one of the big uh conversations that has to happen as we up level uh the the industry and we talk about a lot of the new types of attention and energy coming in is uh is regrouping with ourselves about what our goals are uh, as an industry and um and so this is kind of about just looking at the conversations that i see happening and that i think we need to be having around the idea of mass adoption um, by the way i grabbed this eToro ad to kick us off because i think it kind of fits with this idea of mass adoption particularly given that uh, it features alec baldwin i think they did a, a really great job actually with this um this ad and if anyone is interested in advertising efficacy, we can have a whole conversation about that. But that's kind of not, that's just the kickoff. Um, what I really want to kick off with is China, right? And so, and the first question I think is mass adoption and at what cost? And so one of the themes that I've really seen kind of blown out over the last couple of days is this idea of, or the debate really around whether adoption, any adoption is good, right? So um, what really kicked this off is CZ uh, from Binance saying, remember, adoption is always good for crypto. Don't push people away, including JPM, including Libra and even JP Morgan. Uh, and then he says, even though China will certainly create its own cryptocurrency, I wonder if Bitcoin maximalists will be kind enough to thank President Xi today. Um, and that set people off, right? Uh, so you had... Uh, Jameson Lopp, who um, really summed it up nicely, he said, adoption is always good, leads to adoption at all costs, leads to let's compromise fundamentals to support adoption. This is the Silicon Valley style high growth mindset that led to many Bitcoin forks and more shit coins than you can shake a stick at. Um, Nick Carter also made the point that this is a very kind of uh, Silicon Valley style idea. Um, other folks brought up and had attention with this. Uh, so Dennis here says, Bitcoiners celebrating Beijing's embrace of blockchain is akin to AI enthusiasts celebrating facial recognitions uh, in uh, 
<clears throat> Xinjiang prison camps, except worse, Bitcoin is antithetical to authoritarianism. If you don't see this, then you miss the point of Bitcoin. Um, I pointed out uh, CZ saying this is big, the country with the biggest population on earth, now one of the highest GDP growth in recent years just took a big step in the right direction. What is your country going to do? Follow or get left behind? Peter McCormick, uh, always soft-spoken though he is, says this is big, the tyrannical, oppressive, murdering, censorship, happy, ethnic cleansing, human rights abusing CCP stepped up their surveillance plans. Let's all turn a blind eye because yay blockchain. Uh, Jacob uh, over here, Kostecki says, if you've bought an iPhone or a pair of Nikes or watched a Hollywood action movie or bought from Walmart these past 15 years, you've been supporting this bloodthirsty government. The blockchain news is just an extension of that. It's absolutely nothing new about the evil of the party. So there's really two things going on here. One is, I think, a much bigger question, which has been around forever, but we are especially grappling with now uh, about China and the role of China in the global economy and to what extent we can get past things that we don't like about how China runs its government and China runs its economy in order to uh, have them be kind of integrated into the global economy in the way that we'd like. Um, that is a much larger question than just crypto, but the um, aggressive move into the blockchain space and into the, uh, the d digital currency space uh, where China is really leading the charge to have a, a central bank digital currency um, is is putting crypto at the center of that conversation. Um, this is, of course, while things like Hong Kong go on. And so that's raising uh, kind of awareness in general. So part one is just this idea of, of China specifically. Part two is this question of uh, mass adoption more broadly, right? And uh, going back to CZ's point is adoption is always good for crypto. And the question is, well, why? And 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 what? Uh, which gets us to our second point. So let's maybe jump there. So mass adoption, but of what? Right. So question one is mass adoption, but at what cost? Uh, and specifically, are are we cool with the? Is is anyone who does blockchain, who does crypto, cool with us because we think it leads to more good, or is there a, a version of this technology that we decide uh, is morally reprehensible or uh, ethically beyond the pale and is something we don't want to support? Um, the second question is mass adoption, but of what? Right. So uh, right after China announced this news, uh, within days, um, you saw uh, 500 plus enterprise blockchain projects be announced in China, right? That they were all registered. Clearly, this has been ongoing for a while. They wanted to make a big splash. Uh, and what they were was kind of all over the place. Um, now, of course, going back to the at what cost, uh, Nick Carter here says, it took China about three days of being officially interested in blockchain to make their intentions clear. Transparent, panopticain, immutable social credit dystopia. Uh, and this came after Coindesk reported about an app where people can pledge their loyalty to the Communist Party on the blockchain, right, on an immutable public record. Um, and Nick kind of goes off. It's worth reading. Uh, and so, so okay, so, so one is, um, I think it's a reasonable question to ask, like, well, what are we really talking about when we're talking about mass adoption? And, and frankly, what is the connection point between enterprise blockchains and these sort of tools of party loyalty uh, and even less nefarious uh, uses, but still that have nothing to do with free, openless, permissionless networks. Like, what is the path? What are we adopting? Um, and I think it's important to recognize that this question is not just about China, and, and we can even remove it from the at what cost question, right? If you look at the news just over the last couple of days in the U.S., you have top U.S. food co-op to track seafood using MasterCard's blockchain technology. 
technology. Uh, IAG-backed firm raises $5 million to put airline security on a blockchain. Paxos wins SEC no-action letter to settle equities on a blockchain. Like, all of these are uh, interesting, right? They are, um, they could be really impactful for what they're trying to do. You know, like this idea of tracking sourcing ingredients, right? Like, these are things that... Um, that are interesting to a, to a huge number of people and could be really cool. Uh, you also see consumer use cases, right? So Backed announced that it was going to have a consumer app where consumers could pay for their Starbucks with uh, with with Bitcoin. To which uh, Jake Travinsky, I think, caught a lot of the um, the the feeling on crypto Twitter about this, where he says, "I honestly have no interest in spending Bitcoin on coffee or anything else for this matter." So. The point of all of this is, is again, mass adoption, but of what? Like, and, and this is something that, you know, this is not me kind of um, parroting maximalist screeds. I think it's really important that we, look, the industry is mature enough that I think that we can handle the fact that uh, a similar technology route is having tons of different manifestations. And those different types of use cases and manifestations of that technology might exist on a spectrum from uh, super interesting and powerful to interesting in a different way to um, outright horrifying and scary. And I think that we need to be clear about setting our terms of when we're talking about mass adoption, what are we actually interested in? Um, and, you know, so by way of example, if you're saying mass adoption right now, well, do you, are you referring to uh, the 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 seafood ingredient tracking app or the settlement securities, the equities settlement type of thing, or are you referring to uh, to um, to Lebanon right now, where uh, there's these currency controls in place and uh, and there's a bank shutdown, basically. So this viral tweet, I live in Finland and I'm okay with the current banking system here. My parents in Lebanon haven't had access to their bank account for 10 days. They can't send money abroad. Not until today I've the power, realized the power of Bitcoin. Let Bitcoin spread like virus and unemploy the legal crooks. Um, Talib uh, of Black Swan fame says, the most potent case for cryptocurrencies, banks are never there when you need them and they're trying to bully the public so they actually avoid accountability and profit disbursements. Bankers are legal crooks. Um, just because it's uh, more interesting when things are complicated, Suna says going to get ratioed, but this is actually the right move talking about Lebanon. It's not the impoverished citizens or protesters trying to move small amounts of money out of the country. One reason protests started was people embezzling and sashing money overseas. The point of this is that like two things. One is when we're talking about mass adoption, are we talking about the uh, the use case of people being able to move their money out of economies that aren't serving them? Or are they talking about Again, enterprise blockchain stuff. And reasonable people can be interested in different parts of this while recognizing that they're very different. Um, and when we are trying to get into, the, the reason that this matters is that within the context of even what we are interested in, right? Let, let's say that everyone agrees, they're like, oh no, we're not talking about enterprise blockchain. We're talking specifically about mass adoption of these kind of free, open, and permissionless networks. Well, then even that's complicated, right? As soon as shows here. And so what does this come back to for me? Like I said, this is I, this to me is not one where I'm trying to make a definitive point so much as open up what I think are important sets of conversations. Um, so I, I think two points that maybe to leave you with to just think about. One is when it comes to China, I think that this is a conversation that we need to be having. Uh, it is you know, I really believe that the next 15 years are going to be shaped by the uh, economic and kind of social power struggle between um, the U.S. and China. And uh, and that doesn't mean that it has to be antagonistic all the time, but it's that kind of uh, 
give and take and push and pull for power is going to be hugely impactful. And not just here, not just in the US, not just in China, but around the world, right? Um, and so we have to ask the question of what we are and are not willing to accept uh, on that part, not just in the context of crypto, but certainly as a crypto community, I think that we have an obligation to really be talking in specific terms rather than kind of glossing things over. So I'm not going so far, I guess, in this to say, uh, to, to kind of rally uh, against China as a whole. Um, but I do think that we have to be able to have those conversations and not just bury them in the name of mass adoption. So uh, I think that we have to kind of be um, complex as we talk about this. Um, but it's it's not easy, right? So that's part one. Part two, uh, it is, I think, completely reasonable to have a different stake in different parts of this weird melange that makes up this industry, right? Like you don't have to just be like, there are plenty of people who, because of their particular life context, because of where they are, uh, won't care about what Bitcoin offers them, right? They won't have ever had to think about an unseizable money. They won't have ever had to think about censorship resistance as a property of the, the money and financial system that they care about. And like, that's fine. Maybe what they're interested in is tokenized securities, right? Maybe what they're interested in is the provenance of their seafood ingredients. I, I'm a supporter of all of that, right? Like, uh, I think though that at the same time, um, that we need to be clear when we're when any of us are kind of talking about adoption, what it is that we're trying to get adopted, why, like why these systems matter, right? Like, I'm with Jake, I don't care about Starbucks. Now, I, I also don't necessarily think that it hurts the cause of Bitcoin to enable more uses, right? I think that it provides liquidity to the network and potentially could provide more security to the network with more people participating in the network. So this isn't an, an argument that backs shouldn't do this. But for me, the thing that is interesting is this unseizable, unsensible money, right? Like I'm thinking about uh, these uh, these other parts of the world where this is live or die in a different way. That's what gets me excited. And so when I'm talking about mass adoption, that's what I'm talking about. My point, I guess, which is uh, kind of like silly that we even have to state it, but like, let's use the terms that we're trying to use to actually describe what we're trying to describe, right? Let's be clear about what it is that we're talking about. We don't need terms like mass adoption. We need clarity around what it is that we're trying to do, what it is that we're trying to convert people to, why it is that should matter to them. We don't need to bulldoze our way into this and, and just kind of subsume all the nuance that makes this space so interesting for the sake of kind of easy tweets. So, uh, you know, I, the reason that I feel like it's important to, to have this conversation now is that it does feel to me like we're we're shifting again and the access of this is leveling up, right? Like I, I was thinking about what I'm going to do for kind of end of the year 2019 coverage today. And for sure, as of right now, the 2019 narrative to me is uh, the shift from crypto being magic internet money to crypto being, um, and just digital currencies more broadly, being a front and a major front in the global economic power struggle. Um, that is a fundamental shift that is massive and significant. And again, maybe that is not a shift for, for those of us in the industry who, who think in those terms already, but the fact that governments are viewing it that way is a shift, right? So it's, it's the right time to be having these conversations. And for me, uh, the more clear we can be have about what we're trying to argue and what we're trying to do, the more likely it is we're going to succeed. So uh, that's my little my little kind of op-ed for the day. Um, I appreciate you listening. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow. There's a lot of interesting news going on. There's Bitmain stuff. Uh, there's Kanan uh, that filed for an IPO. So uh, we'll be back with more news stuff. But again, it's, it's a pretty seminal time right now, I think, in the industry. So um, welcome to the big show. I'm glad you're here. And uh, let's have some let's have some fun 
fun and let's have some actual smart conversations about it. Um, all right, guys, thanks for listening. If you're listening, thanks for watching. If you're watching and I will see you tomorrow. Peace.